0: Welcome to the Wisconsin Football Coaches Podcast with your hosts, Tom Swiddle, Tom
1: Yashinsky, and Paul Nowinski. Now let's join the guy. Hello and welcome to episode six of the Wisconsin Football Coaches Association Podcast. I'm Tom Swiddle, head football coach at Wauwatosa East and past president of the WFCA. I am joined by my co-host, Tom Yashinsky, head coach at Onalaska and WFCA region rep, and Paul Nowinski, former coach at Mosinney and a WFCA Hall of Famer. Hey, Paul, you're hosting a pretty big meeting this coming Sunday. It's the North All-Star Game meeting at Mosinney High School. Tell us a little bit about this meeting. You've hosted this thing for a while now.
2: Well, first of all, it, it it's a great cause. Um, You know, the money that's being raised all goes to help kids. And that's what we're all about. We've hosted it many times. We're fortunate enough in Mosinee to have a very large auditorium and a community center. We will be hosting a meeting for the North division, the large division, uh, the small division, eight man, North and South, both parent meeting pictures, just talking about fundraising, what's going to happen. And I really enjoy this because um, it's fun to see all the new faces. And then see some of the old coaches, love to see Doug and all everybody there. So it's going to be fun to be able to watch all those kids get excited, not only about playing football, but helping kids. And I always love the saying, you know, strong legs run so weak legs can walk.
1: Well, we're just hoping every time we've talked to you, it snowed. And nope. uh, what, what's the forecast? Will people be able to get to Mosinney on Sunday?
2: They will, but I—I'll tell you—they'll be amazed at the snowbanks. I mean, but it's been really good. Weather looks good. Um, but again, we had—we—we we were like twenty-two inches more of snow this year than
1: normal. Oh my gosh! Thank God it's up there and not where I live, Paul. Tom, how's your off-season going?
0: It's—it's it's been going well. Our spring sports are are outside. Our baseball and softball were outside today. Um, Soccer is hoping to get out there soon, so all of our kids are are active. Our weight room is as thinned out here as most of our kids are in track. So, we're, and and they all lift in their sports. But off season's going good. Um, obviously, we lost a lot, but we got a lot of kids that are working hard to fill in. So that's kind of the joy of high school coaching is seeing who's going to step up and who's going to is going to kind of fill in those spots as as uh, good classes leave.
1: Well, I will tell you, with all the success you've had, Tom, I'm sure it's. You don't have to beg anybody to go out for another sport or to get in the weight room and do your workouts, and it's a tribute to you and all the great things you've done there. Hey, gentlemen, we've completed a a rather, I'll call it intense, four-podcast run of talking about conference realignment. That topic gets emotions going on all different sides of the topic. I feel like we had an unbiased and comprehensive look at conference realignment and offshoots of that discussion, including things like playoff all play. I'm sure we're not done with this topic as the WIAA has two meetings scheduled in April, which will determine how the final version of conference realignment will look. Stay tuned everyone. I'm sure there's more that we will cover there. Tonight, we're going to kick back a little bit. It's not going to be quite as intense as we're used to, and, and we're going to talk about what is, in my opinion, the biggest event on the WSFCA calendar, and that's the Spring Clinic. I call the Spring Clinic a celebration of football. It's it's really the only time of the year I get to see all of my coaching friends from around the state, and to me, there's nothing like it. All right, gentlemen, a couple of little-known facts. Did you know the WFCA Spring Clinic is the largest football-only clinic in the United States? There will be approximately 3,000 coaches at the clinic, many from out of state. Now, there are bigger clinics out there, but they're clinics that share sports. So our clinic is the largest football-only clinic in the United States. And here's another little-known fact. About 10 or 12 years ago, I was in Madison at the Marriott West with Dan, and we were uh, talking with the the hotel people. And one of the management people for the Marriott just kind of, you know, mentioned to me, not making a big deal out of it. he turned to me and he said, do you realize that we sell more beer the weekend of your clinic than any Marriott hotel in the world sells on any other weekend? So we got that going for ourselves, guys. We, we can really drink the beer at that clinic. Our guest for this podcast is the main cog of the clinic. And, and this clinic would not happen without this guest. And I also include the Hall of Fame banquet in that. Joining us is Sharna Kelsey, WFCA Executive Administrator. Sharna, thank you for joining us.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me, Tom.
1: Well, you're welcome. Sharnov, I had the pleasure of working with you for a number of years now. Um, You basically have your hands on everything WFCA related, but I can't imagine there's anything you do that requires as much work as the clinic and the Hall of Fame uh, weekend. Give us an idea when your clinic season starts.
3: My clinic season starts as soon as clinic is over. (laughs) So it isn't all year. It is an all your affair because it starts with registration of members. And although that's gone online now, so that took a lot of, of the physical, you know, data input that we, we used to put it into an access database. Uh, and that had to be manually done by by me entirely. So now the coaches do their own input, but that data has to be um accessed and then you know brought out for lots of different things all year long so um, part of that is attendance at the clinic so some of that data then gets exported and then we make out the badges for instance so working with that data all year long is really important um and i don't work on the backside. i don't write code in the website but i do work with the interface all year long so um we send out right after clinic i send out um membership cards to anybody who not at the clinic so that takes weeks to do we send out a, you know probably about three thousand um because in, in addition to the to the people who attend the clinic then we have all the additional memberships so um anybody who was thinking they were going to come and doesn't make it we send those cards and then we send cards to people who didn't plan to make it either so when i say we but it's me um I, it's funny, Tom, because sometimes I hear people say, well, I talked to someone in your office <laughs> and that's me. <laughs> you know, it's like, if you talk to somebody in my office, you talk to Sharna because that's that I'm the only one sitting here. So um, so the only part of the clinic that I'm not involved with is is booking speakers. Uh, and that's entirely done by Dan Brunner and and Bob Brezewitz. I don't have any responsibility for speakers at the clinic. Um, But really, every other part of it is pretty much me. Um, I hire the ladies who work in registration um, and manage them that weekend, um, keep track of their hours and and make sure that they're trained. Um, And then, you know, um, the vendors uh, making sure that that vendors are placed in a booth, that they have the booth space that they paid for, uh, that they have an opportunity to donate written material for our, our folders. Uh, and then those folders have to be assembled. So we go over to Lodi and the Lodi football team, um, walks around tables, picks up pieces of literature and stuffs them into folders all day on Saturday. That will happen this Saturday, the 25th. So, and then those are all put back into boxes and it's all put into my husband's pickup truck and we take it back (laughs) home and then it goes to clinic. So all of those pieces end up uh, assembling badges and and uh, the lanyards uh, and then shipping all that over to clinic, that all happens. Um, and that's my husband and I do that. Uh, we store things all year long. So anything left over from clinic that has to have a home until next year comes to my house. Um, I'm on a farm, so we have a lot of places to store stuff. But um, uh, so really clinic is an all year is an all year event.
1: So how many people like myself, and I did this recently, called you trying to sign up their staff and mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to do that when I selected more more spots than I was actually entering coaches for? Um, so, I mean, how many guys like myself do you have to put up with when, when they're <laughs> registering their staff?
3: Well, communication is a big part of the job, and and answering the phone and answering emails is is um, morning, noon, and night right now this time of year because there are questions. People, you know, um, the coaches will have questions about you know how to reserve a spot for someone they haven't hired, and or how to change who's coming to the clinic. Um, a lot of that has to be handled by me. Is once you close a registration, it's closed, so I can go in and. Um, alter things a little bit on the backside um, and help coaches out that way. But um, I'm really the only one who can. Uh, Travis can, but that's not his job. So, Um, but I'm really the only one who can do that. So I I field a lot of calls this time of the year. Um, Less now this, to be honest with you, than it used to be because, you know, we've been doing online registration now since 2014. And so that's, um, you know, the coaches are pretty familiar with it now. And uh, you know, um, it's, it's become much easier than it used to be.
2: Paul? Well, first of all, if you've never met Sharna, you should, she is a, an angel, a godsend. She's been running things for a long time. And I know that because I was a district rep and anytime you had a question or something, it always went to her. I greatly appreciate everything she does, but some quick questions for you. If somebody, when is the registration deadline done?
3: Well you can register you can register for membership all through the year. We keep it up all through the year, but but I encourage coaches to register at this time because um we don't prorate the fees. So if you wait until your season's over and it's award season so you're signing up to get awards, um you're not taking advantage of all that there is to take advantage through membership. There's a lot, so including not limited to, but um, a two million dollar liability insurance policy. So, um, coaches can sign up for a membership all year long, but it really pays to do it now because now is when the year changes over. Is at clinic. So if you sign up now, it includes your fee to go to clinic um and all you have to do is choose yes you know it's paid for through your membership um and then you get all your issues of the point after two year reliability insurance uh, access to the all-star game to the um you know it just goes on and on there's tons of of um benefits to membership they're listed on the back of your membership card
2: and and charna i you answered my question obviously your membership to the wfca is included in your clinic registration but if you don't go to the clinic, which I think you're making a big mistake by not going, you can still join the WFC online and get
3: the same benefits. Correct? Absolutely, absolutely, all year long.
1: Sharona, you mentioned the vendors, and our vendors is well, they're a really important part of the clinic finances. Um, and I, you know, like everything, uh, you know, I get people who will contact me interested in being a vendor. And I I just refer them to you so you get the phone call, but give us an idea of how many vendors we typically have at the clinic, mm-hmm. and um, you know the cost for being a vendor at the at the clinic.
3: So um, being a vendor at the clinic costs four hundred and fifty dollars um, after December first. Before December first, um, it's um, it's four hundred dollars. So they can they can save fifty bucks by signing up early. Um, that was put into place many, many years ago by Dick Rundle um, to kind of encourage uh, that to happen early, and and it's it's very helpful when it happens early because it 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 allows us to um, kind of lay things out in a way that makes sense and keep competitors away from each other in the vendor room and that sort of thing. So so early sign up is is helpful, but after after December first um, of the year prior to clinic um that fee goes up to $450 per booth. Now we have some um some vendors that have multiple booths, uh especially some of the big iron guys. Um but we have real lo- really really loyal following um of vendors and um that come every year year in and year out and have since I've been doing this for 16 years. And those vendors are um you know they're they're in the same place year after year after year. So um it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful program. They get a lot of exposure um, the way that our room is set up. They go, you know, uh, the coaches go through all the way through past every single booth. So there's equal traffic. I think that's unique to our clinic. Um, I have vendors call me all the time and says, well, can I get a decent booth? And it's like oh, all of our boots are decent. And that was intentional. So.
2: Paul. Uh, Tom, I work part-time for Badger sporting goods, I'm not trying to do a plug here but yeah it is the vendors love it it does provide a lot of exposure um and not only connect with old business but get new business so from the standpoint i mean i would invite, tell every coach go through the vendors go look at things find out what's going on the vendors really appreciate it and i know it's a big part of the clinic
1: well and i the vendors that i talk to i always suggest hey maybe you want to put together some kind of clinic special you know, whatever it might be, whatever their, their, you know, area of expertise is and what they're selling. But if, if you could, you know, have something that is unique to the clinic, that if you buy something that weekend of the clinic, you get a a great deal. I mean, like you said, Paul, I mean, what a great way to connect with coaches, Tom.
0: And, And a tip for maybe some new guys or younger head coaches, um, some of those guys are looking to unload some of that stuff so they don't have to pack it up and bring it home like the Agiles and the hand shields and stuff like that. So if you got cash on hand where you can make an offer, uh, or if you have the ability to get that, that purchase order done real quickly, uh, a lot of times you can walk out of the clinic with a steal on some bags or some blocking pads or whatever it might be. Um, because guys are looking to get rid of them. They don't want to pack them up in the truck and, and carry them back out and whatnot. And, and it, it's a win-win. So don't be afraid to make an offer on something that you see there. Because you might get a steal of
1: the weekend uh, and, and save some bucks in the long run. Tom, that's a great that's a great tip. You know, I've never thought about doing that. I've only been to about, uh, you know, 50 clinics by now. Um, and I've never done that. Maybe I'll start this year. Now, the the clinic is only one part of the weekend. And of course, uh, on, on Saturday um, is the Hall of Fame banquet. And, and Sharna, again, you're very involved in that. Um, and uh, I just remember, you know, it, it, with in my end, the year I went in, and then I'm sure Paul remembers as well the year he went in. I mean, all the things that inductees have to get to you so you can put together the slideshow, you know, and, and you have on occasion reached out to me. Hey, could you have, help me out here and get so-and-so to get their stuff in, mm-hmm. you know? So when does the Hall of Fame season start for you?
3: The Hall of Fame season starts in June. Um, we have our meeting in June. The Well, that's not, that's not really true because all year long I take uh nominations so any member can nominate a coach for the Hall of Fame and excuse me the um that process goes along all year long like you know the, the deadline is May 1st for for those for the following year but we keep those nominations for five years so if a, if a coach doesn't get their nomination form into me by May 1st and they don't get it into June or July, it'll just go into the next year cycle. But uh, May 1st is the deadline for um, those nominations for the following year. Um, and then in June, we have our meeting. And in July, we announce those um, candidates for the, or those um, inductees for the next year. Once they've accepted, then we start the process of collecting pictures for the slideshow and um, uh, their bios for the book and for their plaques. Um, it, it's it's a it's a constant process, and I, it's funny because I think sometimes inductees think, "Why are we doing this already?" But um, there are a lot of players. <laughs> excuse me. A lot of players from um, the publishing company that actually creates the video. To um, the printer that prints the books, and um, we have bagpipers that bring our people in and uh, lead the procession, and um, it, it, it's a beautiful event. So, if you've never been to the Hall of Fame banquet, it, it it's just unparalleled. I, I don't think there's anything like it anywhere, <laughs> but I'm prejudiced. So, but um, it, it's a, a great event. But there's a lot of communication with the hotel and with, um, other players that help us put all the pieces together. So, um, I don't do it all, but, um, I'm involved in it all year long. And then I take all the registrations for the, for the banquet and do all the seating. So,
1: and you also chase down those hall of fame rings on occasion. Like where are (laughs) they, right?
3: Yes, I do. And yes, I've had to chase those. (laughs) Paul, the fun part is checking them to make sure they're right.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Paul. um, I Again, I would give advice like Tom did. If you're a young coach, I attended every um, Hall of Fame banquet since 1986, except for the COVID. If you want to know what the WFC is all about and the tradition, it is an unbelievable event. Um, I would advise you as a young coach, the meal's great. The presentation is better. The history is even better. And to really get involved in it is a great thing. I um, just want to clarify something. You have to be 50 years old to be actually nominated. You can still be an active coach, but you have to be 50 years old. There's a few other requirements, correct? But I got to tell you, anybody, if they could just get to the banquet, it's it's an unbelievable special event. I walk away, those bagpipes come in, I walk away with just chills, and I've been doing it since 1986. It is an awesome experience.
3: It is. It is not like anything I've ever done, and I'll tell you the greatest praise I think that I've ever had was Ron Wolf, um, of the Green Bay Packers, when he contacted us after the banquet and said, you know, he goes, The Packers need to talk to you guys about what you do for your Hall of Fame induction banquet because theirs is nothing like yours. So that that, I mean, that was a that was high praise.
1: Boy, is it ever and, and you consider the you know, the the long history of the Green Bay Packers and the way they've done things for years for a guy like Ron Wolf who went into our hall of fame. And that's the reason why he was even there, you know, to, yep. to say that about our, our hall of fame banquet is, is really something. Now, Sharna, we lost one of our, didn't one of the bagpipers <clears throat> retire or something last year?
3: He actually two passed years away.
1: Oh, he passed away. I'm sorry. Virgil. Yeah, Virgil
3: Huff. Yeah. Um, he was um, just darn near hundred years old, but um, he came last year. Uh, our banquet last year was on april 2nd and and he he died uh later that month um oh but he marched around he <laughs> marched around with pride with this walker he was really a magnificent um gentleman um and he lived in monona um was a longtime friend of of our um early chairman dick rundle and um he he just he would come in every year <laughs> He would come to the registration desk with his badge coming into clinic because he did like to go and see the vendors too. And
1: was he'd he come wearing his skirt?
3: Was he you, would w- he would be wearing, wearing his wearing plaids. Skirt when- <laughs> oh yeah, wearing his plaids. And he would come in, and he would come to the registration desk, and he had a, um, a a name badge that was was probably from the eighties. <laughs> and he would always he'd always look at me and say, "This gets me in, right?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like, I've yeah I'm like only your- you, Virgil. But yes, <laughs> but yeah, he was he was just a great character. But he passed away late in April this this past year, so we will miss Virgil. But um, well, but the, the team he put together will be there. So
2: Paul. Well, I can verify that story as a vendor. He would come in and talk with you and joke, and it was really an awesome experience because everybody kind of knew him if you were a (laughs) vendor that had been there, and they were kind of looking forward to seeing him. And I I did know that he passed away, and that was a big loss for for the Madison area.
1: No, We've talked a lot about the bagpipers, and again, if you haven't been to the Hall of Fame banquet. When, when they crank those bagpipes up, when, when they lead the the honorees, the inductees into the, the banquet room, the, the looks on people's faces, it, it's like they're, at first they're in shock, like what is going on? Because they have no idea this is going to happen. But within, you know, 20, 30 seconds, they are so into it. You know, they are just so into that. And that is, for me, the thing that I think of the most when I think of the Hall of Fame banquet are the bagpipes. Mm-hmm. So, congr- really, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. kudos to Dick Rundle if he was the guy that first thought of that.
3: Yeah. It really um, sets the tone for the rest of the evening.
1: And then, you know, to, to kind of put to rest the Hall of Fame banquet, you know, you, you get uh, <coughs> a, a guy like Dave Keel to come in and Dave now lives in georgia so he flies in to emcee these things and you know if you haven't seen dave do his thing at the hall of fame banquet you you need to see that the way he can get through that banquet and all the things that he will read and and follow you know the the agenda that's been put together for the hall of fame thing Um, it's just, again, another person who does a lot of things for the WFCA and does just such a magnificent job as an MC.
3: I'm really proud to say that Dave has been a, a really, really big plus. A really, a great addition to our hall of fame banquet. He handles, um, getting through the bios with such class. And uh, he does a really super good job. That's not a job that I would want to do. <laughs> so thank you today for that.
1: Yeah. Well, Sharner, we really thank you for joining us tonight, and um, you certainly have provided some insight to to our listeners um, about what all goes in to the clinic, what goes into the Hall of Fame. And the fact that you are so intimately involved, like I said previously, you know, we, we could not have a clinic, a Hall of Fame, without all the work that you do behind the scenes. And uh, when I told uh, Ingrid, my wife, that, that you were going to be on tonight and talk about all that stuff, she goes, well, it's about time, you know, <laughs> that, that Sharna gets her due. And it really is. So thank you so much um, for joining us tonight.
3: Well, thank you for having me. And I really look forward to seeing you guys every year. so, um a couple of weeks we'll see y'all
1: very good.
3: Thank, thank you. you,
1: Sharna. So gentlemen, there are so many different parts to the clinic that that we need to touch on. And um, you know, I, I would like to start, I guess, by um me just looking at the clinic lineup. I think this is possibly, you know, the strongest clinic or at least one of the strongest clinics we've ever had, when you look at the mainline Um, speakers that we have Thursdays highlighted by Lance Leipold and his Kansas staff. I mean, Kansas only had their best season in years under coach Leipold. And, and of course, everybody knows his connection to the state of Wisconsin growing up and playing high school and college football here in the state and and coaching at Whitewater, being the winningest coach in Division III uh, history, at least percentage-wise. And then you have the coronation of Luke Fickle on Friday, Uh, to the high school coaches in the state. And I've only slightly overstated this. I mean, this is the first opportunity for, uh, you know, most of the coaches in the state to meet Luke Fickle. And I don't know that I've ever seen this much buzz about, you know, a, a new coach or, you know, somebody connected to the Wisconsin Badger football program. So it's really going to be, I'd have to go back to maybe Urban Meyer. You guys remember when Urban Meyer came and what a big deal that was. But I think this is even more than than when Urban Meyer um, came. And, and uh, you know, as a side note, I talked to Dan Brunner today, and he told me the clinic sign-up for this year is way up from last year. Paul?
2: Yeah, I, I would think that the excitement with all of the Badger staff, Um, You know, uh, Tom Yashinsky's a big internet guy, but Fickle must have lost a bet before spring break, and he had to go dive in the hot tub or something, and people were just going crazy over that with the players. So, and recruiting, I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen the Badgers through the transfer portal get the players that are there now. I'm excited to see him speak, but not only to see his coaches go and spring practice.
0: Tom? I expect that the, his, you know, he kind of gives a a state of the union type address. And that's kind of always been that, that nightly thing on that Friday night with the head coach. And I expect the room to be pretty, pretty packed. And I think in recent years, we've seen that number start to dwindle. Um, uh, and I think, so one of the things that was bringing people was we're giving away the Packer tickets, but we're doing that now at the, at the, uh, At the business meeting instead of after that one but i think with the new era starting with coach fickle i think you're going to see ballroom one really full and and there's going to be a lot of people in there just ready to hear where are we going what's this direction and i think some people are going to be looking at it as a hey are you still going to recruit our kids type of thing Um, just as we've seen the transfer portal like paul brought up and we've seen the out-of-state guys come in I think some people just want kind of the reassurance that if we have kids that can play Division One football, that the Badgers are still are still going to be looking at those kids. So uh, I, th- I think you're going to have both uh, both parties in terms of where people stand there uh, for that one.
2: Paul, yeah, I, I, Tom, I think you're absolutely right, and I also think people are really interested in the connection him and his staff are going to make with with state coaches because that's really been our bread and butter to have that connection. And have that tie has been tremendous.
1: You know, and, and Tom, you said this, that, uh, you know, that's, that's, like you say, the keynote speaker is, is always the Badger head coach. And um, the number of people in the room seems to have been dwindling in recent years. And I would agree with that. And it's kind of funny. I do the corporate sponsorship stuff for the WFCA. And one of the things that I write into the corporate sponsorship agreements is the opportunity for our corporate sponsors to get up and say a few words um, to our membership before the head coach for the Badgers is introduced. And it's a big selling point for me. Hey, you get one or two minutes to say a couple of things to our membership and I always say to them, hey, it's the largest attended session of the clinic. And maybe that hasn't been the case in recent years, but you're right. For this year, I'm sure that it will be. Paul, you've really studied the lineup. And um, besides you know, Lance and, and Coach Fickle, um, what are some of the other highlights that you see in regards to um, this year's clinic?
2: Well... Uh... You know, I think most people want to talk to Stiglmeyer from South Dakota State Division One AA program. I think that's big. I think the Badger staff access is definitely going to be big. I think the Kansas staff access is really good. But I'll, I'll tell you, I I'm I'm looking at this eight man football. It's growing, Tom. And you know, we've got you know obviously Newman Catholic and the Belmont staff. People like that are big. All our high school um, uh head coach champion state champions are going to be there that's always big but then what i'm really looking for is we brought some people back you know like dave richardson people back that have a lot of knowledge are going to be good and then our own tom yashinsky uh is is involved in this too i think you were involved in it last year tom um kind of want to tell us a little bit about that
0: i'm this year i'm a part of the bash so i haven't done this before where i get my own station at the uh at the bash and they do that for most of the runners up whether you're a level four runner-up or a state runner-up typically you're at the bash uh the state champions all have their own session uh in the main lineup um and uh, so yeah so we're we're i'm going to be talking wide receiver play um and the bash is is really unique in that you get a lot of guys that are, are good coaches that are, are there and you get to ask questions and I've taken advantage of this in past years. We've had the Badger coaches at the bash, uh, as part of that. Um, actually that's the Friday night where they do the Badger coach. Yeah. The Thursday Badger bas- bash is yeah. Friday
1: and the high school bash is Thursday.
0: Yeah. And, and it's awesome that you just get to go pick guys' brains and it's not like it's any specific, uh, uh presentation that you're doing, but you, you just get to get on a whiteboard and you say, Hey, what, what, what do you guys do when you see this? Or how do you guys defend this or whatnot? Um, so I really recommend guys looking at that lineup and, and seeing who's there, Um, you know, maybe checking out their scheme ahead of time. I, I see coach Gionek from, uh, I don't even, I probably didn't say that right from McGonagall, Ganav- but Ganavik. how do you, Ginovic from McGonagall talking offensive line play, like, Holy cow, you want to talk, talk run game. They got it going to McGonagall and Chris Gryson from West appear an NFL quarterback, who you get to go pick uh, some, pick his brain on quarterback play. Um, so the, the bash really, and there's free beer there, but it really is a fun, just time to go learn some football talk, make some connections and guys that are maybe younger in the association. You don't really know a lot of people just go start talking, you know, just go start meeting some people and making those connections because you never know when it might come in handy down the road, when you might need something, when you might need a job or, or whatever it might be. So it really, that really is a fun, uh, a fun event
1: well and and some of the best bash stuff happens after you know a person like yourself when you're done with your station as you described it and then the whiteboards are open and anybody can go up there and it's amazing how many coaches just get together and they'll talk about certain things and guys will share ideas it goes, so it goes beyond even sometimes the, the the people who are assigned to be there um, and it happens afterwards as well. And of course, that happens after more and more beer has been drunk and, and it gets to be a lot more fun. Paul, you're laughing. I can see you laughing there. So well, you you definitely are a veteran of the bash.
2: Well, you just, you know, and that to me, I love the bash because there's a lot of socials. You see guys you haven't seen, you see them once a year, maybe, you know, like like Scott uh, Erickson from Hurley. We're friends. I'm not going up. If you think there's snow in Mozanee, good luck going to Hurley. Um, I see him there. He's being inducted to in the Hall of Fame. So I'm really giddy about those connections. And yes, alcohol will be consumed. Pizza will be eaten. But as Tom Yashinsky said, you can develop those one-on-one connections that eventually you can get numbers and you can continue to go on from there. And I love it. I remember sitting down with a young Jimmy Leonard when he just did the Badger you know, and, and really developing a relationship with him. And that was, that was awesome to, to be able to pick his brain individually. Uh, which was really cool. I'll tell you something else I'm really excited about and Tom Yushinsky you might know about this. Tom and and Michelle Lee are going to talk about RPRs. Um I think she was really big with the team this year and I think they they I think Tom actually credited it with some of their injury prevention. And that, that seems to be a big science that is really growing. Uh Tom Yeah, she- t-
0: I- yeah, I know Tom Lee really well. We do our 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 summer contact days with them. I know his wife um is, is kind of like their, you know, they're a private school. So they don't always have the same resources as everybody else in terms of uh money wise when it comes to athletic training and stuff like that. And, and she's one of their trainers, not not necessarily athletic trainers, but they're like strength and conditioning type trainers, where she does a lot of the rehab and, and prehab and stuff like that uh with their kids. Um and, you know, Tony Biolo is another guy who's a big RPR guy. I really hadn't understood it or heard about it until I coached the all-star game with him back in 2018. And, and I've never dove headfirst into RPR, but anybody that I know that has, has really liked it. So it, it's an interesting thing. Um, and, and Tom is going to, him and Michelle are going to do a great job talking about that. They're They're really good people.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things that and and Sharna mentioned it when she said that Dan Brunner and Bob Brezowitz are the ones that um you know get the speakers. They they do the speaker lineup and and I, I know how hard they work to get people to come to the clinic and and do things. What what I'm really pleased with, not only this year but in recent years, the wide variety of things. I mean, Paul, you've already mentioned eight-man football and and how you know, more and more schools are playing that. So that's taking on a much bigger role at the clinic, you know, and, um, you know, we've talked about, you know, how can we get athletic trainers there? How can we get, you know, you know, other people there at the clinic and, and try to make it for, for a lot of different people, maybe not just coaches, but other people associated with high school football. And I think Dan and Brez have done a wonderful job with the lineup this year. Paul?
2: Other Yeah, I agree with you totally. I mean, they have no idea how to contact these people and how long it takes and the effort it takes to just orchestrate their schedules. This is not easy for the Kansas staff to come in and, and things like that. I do want to mention some other highlights. Uh, the WFCA business meeting at 4 o'clock, I, I think uh, people should attend. I think they should ask their questions and find out what's going on. I know I think we're going to have a WIA rep there. Um, That will be big. Um, And I also think a lot of people are really looking forward to Saturday, might even cut down on the alcohol consumption a little bit on Friday night, is the Badger practice. I think a lot of people are wondering, where is this ship going? What are we going to be doing? And I think they want to go on the field and really see what's happening.
1: Well, and, and you're right, Paul. I mean, the Badger practice and the fact that the Badgers have so willingly um, opened up their practice to us and even schedule a practice for Saturday because there have been times at the clinic where that hasn't happened, where we haven't had a Badger practice to attend. Um, I do want to talk just a tad about, you've mentioned at the WFCA business meeting, you know, to me, this is one of the um, sessions that is, um doesn't have enough attendance. You know, people can talk and they can complain about things and why are things done this way and you know it should be done like this, et cetera, et cetera. Yet every year we have a business meeting in which we talk about specific things that all high school coaches in the state should be interested in, and it's unattended. So just to highlight the business meeting, it is at four o'clock on Friday, Friday, March 31st. And 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 the Topics are going to be covered in there, as I've said, that all high school football coaches should be interested in. And there will be a drawing for two Packer tickets at the meeting. But we're going to just, uh, you know, some of the things that are going to be talked about there. Tim McGuine, and I hope I'm saying his name right, um, he's going to talk about injury risks associated with youth tackle football. Tom Shafransky, who is a WIAA assistant director. He's going to talk about two things. He's going to talk about uh, football expansion, which includes a playoff discussion and some of the things the WIAA has laid out before our membership uh, in the in recent history. He's also going to talk about the realignment concerns that have come up um, over this past realignment um, time frame. And then Eric Jacques, who is the WIAA technology coordinator. He's going to talk about the electronic seating, which is still drawing a lot of attention from coaches from around the state. So really, you have no excuse not to be there. Not only do you get a chance to win Packer tickets, but you also get firsthand information from the individuals who work with it. And more importantly, you have the opportunity to ask questions of these people. Now I look at it from if I was a WIAA representative and I'm going to our business meeting facing our membership. Imagine the the courage it takes to do that, to come and in some instances, you know, face the music of things that maybe aren't going so well. So I, I can't express enough how important it is that high school coaches attend the business meeting. And I Tom.
0: Um I, and i think the one thing to remember with the business meeting is it's not a time to just gripe it's a time to ask questions right ask the questions that you want answered um and i always encourage people about the business meeting when you ask questions then ask yourself what's the solution because simply griping and complaining about the things that we are not happy with doesn't get these solved it, it it's got to it's got to turn into a problem solving um strategy of, of how are we going to fix this what's best for the game what's best for everybody um and you might not be happy we, we might not leave that business meeting happy with every answer that you get and that's okay but then when you when you when you get your questions answered then take it to your district rep or your regional rep and say hey this is talked about at the meeting how can we get this talked about more at a, at a how can we get this on on people's radars what can we do to to make a change in this department, um, because the change isn't going to be made at that meeting. Uh, there's processes that things have to go through, so work together to problem solve, and and then how and solve it through the appropriate chains of command and the appropriate processes that we need to, uh, rather than just griping at that meeting or um, I don't want to say making a scene, but to, you know just 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 doing or making a bigger deal out of things than it needs to be. Find your regional rep. Take it up that chain.
1: Well, and there have been a couple of instances and, and and has, you know, the conference realignment stuff has been talked at the business meetings before. And I, I do remember one meeting in particular where, you know, it did get a little heated. But I also think that it shows the it shows the WIA representatives, whoever are at those business meetings, you know, the passion that that people have and the interest they have in certain topics. Paul?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna echo both of you. Um it's it's really easy to take something that affects you and find a problem. It's hard to find possible solutions. And I really like to focus in on that that throw out these. So that's what this podcast is about. We're trying to not only get information, we're trying to solve problems and make football better. And I think that's something that needs to be out there. We're looking for solutions.
1: Well, and again, I, I we we spent a lot of time talking about the business meeting, and and you know it's well deserved because as I said, I think it's one of the least attended um, but most important session that is out there. So, gentlemen, you all got your rooms reserved. You're all ready to go. Yeah, I just want to
2: mention one more thing. Don't forget about the door prizes and raffles during both bashes. Thursday and Friday—that's always a big deal. Deal, and don't forget about the free food.
1: And to add to that, you know, with the raffles and things going on, the money that is raised through the raffle are are going to things like um, the WFCA scholarships that we give to seniors graduating seniors yearly, and also to Children's hospitals. So those raffles. And I know Jerry Golombieski—he shared with me today that he's got some great things to be raffled and he hopes to make a lot of money for both of those causes Tom any last words
0: one last thing about the clinic when you look at our lineup one thing that I love as opposed to like if you were to go to a Nike coach of the year clinic where they got a bunch of big D1 guys and whatnot we have a ton of D3 coaches who deal with the same problems that we do as high school coaches We don't get, you know, high D3 coaches, they don't get their pick of any kid they want. They have to work with and develop kids uh, just like we do. Um, So they face a lot of the same problems. So they have to come to a lot of the same solutions that we do. So I think it's such a great uh, group to hear from and to pick their brains. And then you talk about the Kansas coach and and Lance Lyapeld, and they're in the same situation. They're not the cream of the crop of the Big 12. They, are, they aren't getting the five-star recruits that you know maybe an Oklahoma would get or Texas or whatnot. Uh, they got a problem solved too, and they did a great job of that this year. So I'm really looking forward to listening to them and, and seeing how they've tackled that uh, that problem as well and, and done so in a way that's allowed them to be very successful.
1: And what's what's really cool about the Kansas, I mean, those are all guys that were with Lance at Whitewater. I mean, again, these are guys from the state. They have a history in our state, Uh, you know, certainly a history of success. And the fact that now we can see them, uh, you know, representing a Division I school, I think is fantastic. Paul? And
2: I would say everything that Tom and you both of you said, but take an advantage of the clinic to meet people, to make connections, to solve problems and and socialize and, and just find out network. Find know how to solve your problems. People will help you. The speakers will help you. People at the bash will help you. Just reach out and make those connections. I still see people that I met in 1986 and were friends. And, uh, you know, that's a long time ago.
1: Well, and, you know, to mention you know, other things that happen at the clinic, I mean, how often have you guys sat in somebody's room with a whiteboard? And, you know, not just with one coach, but maybe – Four or five or more coaches, and you're just sharing thoughts in your room. I mean, it's like I said, it's a celebration of football. It is, it is, you know, in my opinion, the, the greatest event on the WFCA calendar. And you know, as all of you have said uh, tonight, that it is something that any uh, coach should take in. And we are looking at um, doing some podcast work at the clinic, aren't we, gentlemen?
2: Yeah, we're looking at lining up people. I contacted John Stiglmeyer. We're trying to get other people um, to just give a little bit more insight on what's going on and we'll try to make those arrangements. And it may not be a long one, but it'll be a very in-depth, up close look with some of these these speakers.
1: And I'm working very hard to get uh you know somebody from the Kansas staff to to join us on a podcast. And and Paul's gonna bring all his equipment up to the clinic. And, you know, we'll, we'll figure something out. And, and Tom, uh, who are you um, reaching out to again? Yes, Tom.
0: I, I Yeah, I forgot on that one. We'll have to talk off the air. I forgot who okay. I was reaching
1: out to. Columbus. Right. Well,
0: Columbus. Columbus, that's right. Columbus. Andrew Selgrate. I was going to yeah, talk to Andrew Selgrate. Yeah. You still That's have right. time to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. You know, it's like that homework assignment you forgot to do. You're doing right before class.
1: That's yeah, what you caught me right and there. And now you panic, right? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that to you. <laughs> no, you're good. You know, that was totally hey, unplanned.
2: Hey, Tom Swiddle, you know what's funny? The two
1: old guys have a good
2: memory. The young guy is forgetting things. What's going on here?
1: Well, don't accuse me of a good memory because I've got a wife that would tell you otherwise. Okay. I guarantee you. But uh, yes, thank you. Well, gentlemen, um, thank you so much. Um, you know, this was a little bit more laid back than the other podcasts we've done, but but uh, you know, really needed. And I thank you for all the work that you guys not only did tonight and for this podcast, but for all the podcasts. You know, here we are already, episode six. And it seems like uh, you know, we, we're getting some momentum here. And uh so thank you so much. And and to all of our loyal listeners, and I know that's growing every podcast, we're getting more and more people that are tuning in, should you have any suggestions or comments, anything that you would like us to cover, please reach out to myself or to Tom or to Paul, and we'd be happy to talk to you about that. So we're going to be signing off right now, but I'm looking forward to to everybody, uh, seeing everybody at the clinic. And, you know, if I run in you at the bar, I, I more than likely will buy you a beer. So um, I hope to see you guys there. Good night, everyone mm mm-hmm.